You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. What's up, everybody? This is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. This episode of the show is brought to you by Tattoo Smart. Head over to Tattoo Smart. If you use the promo code Swanson at checkout, you're going to get 10% off all your digital tools, any brush sets, tutorials, everything that you need to get going digitally in tattooing today. Head over to TattooSmart.com. Use the promo code Swanson at checkout and get 10% off your order of digital products. Tattoo Smart, ancient craft, modern perspective. The show is also brought to you by TattooNow.com. If you head over to TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio, you're going to get 50 bucks off your purchase of their basic responsive website build. Get a website built for you that's going to be able to showcase your tattooing, showcase your artwork, get people connected with you, and grow your business. TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio for 50 bucks off their basic responsive website build. TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio. Get your website built today by TattooNow.com. Well, I hope everybody enjoys the show. Thanks for tuning in. This is my talk with tattooer Jaime Perales. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Show, always see video and screen sharing from anyone. Select always show, always show. Oh, shit. <laughs> there it is. Come on, man. You can hear me all right and everything. Yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Good. Oh, man. That was the most... Uh, <laughs> it's been a long time since Skype had had me like that. That's been a... <laughs> Skype can be crazy, man, you know? I don't know. Most people, it seems... You would think for most people, it would be easy, right? Skype would make it yeah, easy for yeah. the masses like us. But man, took two of our heads to get together and get this thing cracking. I can, but there's like a search button on top, a search, and I'm doing both, and it right. took forever. Just, I've done, and, I've done that too, man. Where you search in the wrong thing, and it just doesn't come up with the right what you need, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's all right. We're here now, so. <laughs> um, I appreciate you coming on with me, man, and uh, and BS. Oh, you know, thank you, man. Yeah, we, we had a good time. You know, this last weekend was uh, the City of Trees Tattoo Convention in Sacramento. Uh, you came up there with uh, Figaro Street Fig Street Tattoo, um, and uh, I was just walking around one morning, looking at the booths. You know, trying to see what was out there. I saw these nice tables just lined up with, with line drawings. <laughs> And, you know, you see that, you've, I've seen that before, man. You know, like I've seen it right. obviously in tattoo shops on the walls where um, yeah. my homeboy Rob Struven at Garage Inc. has one of the coolest drawing rooms. It's just just tons and tons all over every surface, just tracing papers with designs, right, that have been yeah. tattooed. Yeah. And uh, so you see that, like, I come around the corner of this cat's booth at the City of Trees and I see all these line drawings laid out from, you know, finished line drawings to some shaded in red, some shaded in blue. And they're just, it's littered across the, the table. And mm-hmm. when you see it, you forget sometimes, I forget sometimes how impactful Flash can be, right? Because oh, yeah. immediately it was, 
whoa, wait, hey, hang on, I gotta stop, I gotta look at this. So it, just the presentation was cool, man. Um, how long have you guys been doing uh, that full tabletop flashed out look? Oh man, to be honest, this is the second time. <laughs> Where was the first oh, time? It was, we were at the Boston convention last year. Okay, how was that one? It was good. It was good. I feel like uh, the drawings alone made people stop. Mm. And that wasn't my original idea. My, my boss was actually, you know what? You should throw them out. I had them all in a folder. And I had the folder laid out, all my paintings laid out. But he's like, no, 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 no. Take them out and put them on the table. And I was like, what? No. You know? Horrible idea. <laughs> And, and he's like, no, 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 trust me, do it. Yeah. And I pretty much listen to him most of the time because however crazy his idea sounds, they most most of the time they work. So I said, fuck it. We started taping each one down, you know. And right away, people were like, wow, look at this, look at that, look at this. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, it's working. The response was almost immediate, huh? Yeah, immediate. And then other tattooers came and... And I didn't know much, you know, of other guys and, and the other guy, you know, the guys that I work with. And you know who that was? <laughs> no, you know, uh, he's a nice guy, you know, he's a real good guy. But he's yeah. like, no, that's what's his name. I'm not going to say names, but, but, you know, they're like, hey, dude, good job, you know. Yeah. And I felt like, wow, you know, these guys are, they've been around way longer than me and they're telling me good job, you know. Yeah. That, that, that I felt like. Cool, I'm doing something right, you know? Yeah, well, it looks great, man. I mean, that 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 whole um, just laying it out there like that. Like I said, I've yeah. seen it done before, but when you see it again and and you're you, it looks so good, man. And that's what flat like that's what I think is sometimes forgotten these days with flash. You know, it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's just painted to paint it. But you don't, it's not laid out in such a way maybe that is as good as it could be. You know, to be like a full, to look at the whole sheet as a piece of art. You know what I mean? Each little piece on there has to be looked at and then the sheet in its entirety. And I think that's what's cool about that tabletop idea of laying, just flashing the whole tabletop out with just tons of designs is each one has to like, stand alone on its on its own merit each design um and and you can hide little things in there and do little stuff and um but then the whole the whole look of it is is creative in in and of itself and it makes the whole booth look better you know just like flash should should make a a tattoo shop look better yeah yeah i i loved it because i felt like some of these drives aren't even done you know (laughs) right like though some of the girls' hairs are the lines ain't there, but the the imagination people could have from like, wow, how would I look with a flower there or something? Right. And then the girls' hair, or you know, they could throw in their idea and we'll sketch it up real quick. Fuck it, how's it look? Boom, they, yep. they'll do it. You know. Right. That appreciation also that people look at it and say, this dude could draw it up right now. You know. Fuck it, let's do it. You know. That's, that, that, I think people will see that as well, you know? I think that that's all back to the, like, the stuff we were talking about this weekend, the salesmanship stuff. Like, yeah. it all comes back to that. And being able to have the skills to back up that salesmanship. Like, you can sell them on a tattoo 
But if you can't draw that thing up right there in front of them, oftentimes, or at least a sketch to, um, you know, 60, 70% complete, maybe a little bit of shading so that they know what's going on. And man, you're, lo you're losing out. So I think it really speaks, even us traditional guys, you know, who kind of play in those uh, genres of tattooing a little bit more often, um, you know, it still is important for us to be able to do that. You know, we still got to be able to draw up a pen, you know, oh, sketch something yeah. up. And um, it may not be laid out to its final kind of rendering, but, you know, you can put the girl in a certain way or you can put the hand on the face a certain way. And, um, you know, yeah. then you go back to the lab and you break it down to its simplest form and you make it look like a cool traditional tattoo. But, um, you know, so... What's uh? Yeah. What do you what have you been into lately, man? Like drawing wise, because uh, I came I, back from that convention like stoked on some cartoon shit. <laughs> to be honest, lately what I've really been doing is those uh those uh card things that I've been that I, I forgot the construction paper construction ones. paper ones, dude. That's like another thing I was gonna tell you, man. It was so cool for me to like walk by there, see those things. And it, it really reminded me of, like, we talked about it back then uh, yeah. but during the convention. It reminded me of the Coquille um, stuff that people do, you know, the prints and, and um, using that Coquille paper and, and yeah. black pencil. And you kind of get that whip-shaded effect. And this was just a bit different almost in between that and, um, you know, dot work, like stippling, yeah. which I'm super into. I've been using in my work for a lot of years. So... Those things definitely caught my eye. They were all done, this, you know, really in the similar fashion. One just big, giant, cool image on them, and man, it it got me excited because you know you you begin to see like or you continue to see like the differences in in styles and in tattooing and in traditional yeah. tattooing and realize. Really, I'm only competing against myself as an artist. I'm not competing against yeah, this guy, yeah, exactly. right? Because this cat over here had super cool traditional, like you're, I'm talking about you. Like I walked around that place and you have super tr cool traditional stuff that's heavily influenced by hot rod culture, right? I can see that like, oh, yeah. you know, rapping yeah. stuff. And, and then I walked to the other side uh, of the building and there's another cat that's doing traditional stuff that's more influenced by... Um, or, you know, a guy, a good example, Oliver Bach, if you check out his shit on Instagram, um, yeah. he's a dude who does killer traditional stuff, but it's more heavily influenced by, like, Tibetan and Asian culture, and, mm -hmm. you know, you use some of those, like, base images, and both super incredible, but um, both very different, and I, I'm just stoked on being able, that's why I like getting out to the conventions, man, because you get to walk yeah, around, yeah. you get to see different things, and yeah, man, I was stoked on those, those construction, uh, those construction paper, um, pieces, it was cool, you got those at a garage sale, too, right? Yeah, it was, I probably paper. paid, like, like 50 cents, 75 cents from, you know, for a whole pack, and, <laughs> When you when you came around and then you brought the rest of the guys from your shop, I was like, no way, that's they're not that cool, you know. No, I was stoked on them, man. I mean, it, it was you know, it's because it's like that's part of traditional tattooing is having something yeah. like a big single image that's readable from a ways away, but it's detailed, 
you know, enough to yeah. to make it, you know, tricky. You know what I mean? So maybe you catch it catches a second look, and I think that's what those posters to me were about. Plus, it's a very graphic style. Just that, you know, yellow construction paper, aged, um, and the black. It looks cool, man. I I, I really. It almost it, it almost from a distance if all the right shadings there it reminds me of tribal, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. It's funny when, when I got them, I just loved how the paper looked. You know, uh-huh. I was so stoked on how like, look how aged they are. Look how I wanted to put them away and and just leave them the way they were. And I, you know, like I said, I wanted to 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 put something on it. I said, fuck it, I'm gonna put something on it just because eventually I'm gonna spill water and I'm gonna spill. Something I'm gonna ruin yeah. it, and there goes nothing, you know. And uh, I've been doing traditional, like that's what I've been trying to focus on, like for like super heavy, and and I almost got this sense of like there's these rules that we have to follow, you know, mm-hmm. in these traditional like a uh, sense, you know, like you can't do that, but you have to do it this way. And then I, you know, all the other stuff we're learning in like Japanese. We've been really heavy into Japanese work. And I said, you know what, Evan, just go back to like old like Ed Ross stuff, you know? I used to draw that stuff when I was a kid. And right. Draw it on coffee and shit. And I said, fuck it, you know, this is I love drawing this stuff. I could do it as a tattoo. This is our job. We mm-hmm. it's a form of art, you know, that we could do on people, you know? It's and you know of- it's cool when that expression when you figure it out as an artist to like all right, I'm going to let those things kind of come through. Now, I have the base kind of foundational knowledge of, let's say, traditional imagery, like my visual, as my buddy Matt Hodell likes to say, my visual vocabulary is such that I'm comfortable with the traditional elements. And now I can start, and from as a kid, I've been looking at hot rod stuff and and looking at um, cars and, and the monsters that Ed Rod threw and different filigree that were on things that uh von dutch did or whatever and you know you just start picking up pieces along the way and all of a sudden those things blend and i was talking about it with some guys from the world of pencils uh and also from like the dudes that were kicking it this weekend in the sullen booth uh jeremiah barba and ryan mullins like we're all talking about the same stuff of of like you got to know the fundamentals so you know yeah. where you can push the boundaries of those fundamentals, you know. And exactly. I don't. It don't yeah. matter if you're tattooing like biomechanical black and gray West Coast shit, like Jeremiah Barber is killing it with, yeah. or you're tattooing the stuff that we like to tattoo, more simple um, and straightforward Americana style, you know, Western tattooing. Um, I think the principles apply. Like you have to know the fundamentals to to know where to push them. You know, and know where to put, like, where can I in, infuse that, like, influence from Hot Rod or influence from Tibetan culture or influence from whatever else I'm, you know, um, whatever else is speaking to my, you know, artistic side. And uh, so yeah. it's it's tight, man. It's, it's I was stoked to see it and stoked to see a lot of cats just killing it over there. But, you know, your guys' is, uh, your guys' is stuff really... Uh, you know, was was apparent to me that you guys were doing something. So it's cool to see oh, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. You know, the appreciation that you saw 
I felt like, cool, he sees, you know, you, you saw what, what we see, you know, that the, that little extra, you know? Yeah. And then, like, that, that what you, you seen it, like, made me feel like, cool, we're, we're, we are going in the right direction, yeah. you know? How much is, like, how much has Instagram changed the game, you know, changed the game, right? Oh, my God, dude. Crazy amount. <laughs> Crazy amount. Yeah. Our shop hardly gets any walking, you know? Maybe one a week. And the majority of our our customer base is, is they will look at Instagram before they even call us up or yeah. email us or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it's like a it's like a portfolio that's out there on the whole world to see. Yeah, you know, how, how is that not going to help you, us? You know. Yeah. And how do you put that? How how do you personally put it out there? Like, how do you grow that? Because now it's like, you know, you used to grow that those looks at your portfolio by walking down the street to the yeah. bar after you closed at eight, nine, ten o'clock. Go down, have a little, you know, nightcap talk to whoever was hanging out or you went out on the weekend or you know still today you connect with some sort of community um how do you how do you connect with community on instagram when it's when the landscape is so scattered it's super hard for me still (laughs) you know my boss is like he he's the one that's probably like the most connected on that and he's like every day he'll come in like hey did you see how they updated this you know, this is this will benefit us and this and this is this will hold us back. It won't let us, you know, send our stuff out there as much. And I'm like, what? You know, I don't get it. But just the way of like following people, you know, make sure they notice you, like a couple of pictures, mm. stuff like that, where it does work. You know, you do have to pay attention to it. You know, that's the thing is that you can't just post a picture and then that's it. You know. People right. like, if anybody commented or something, make sure, you know, you respond back, you know, because those, those things alone, people will be like, hey, he's too cool or something, you know? <laughs> right. People get back to me. And yeah. I feel like, no, no, I'm right here, <laughs> you know? Right. I, I don't know. It's still very hard for me, but it is a lot of customers come out of that. I think, you, I, I think you almost have to approach it the same way as you would approach, you know, walking in a bar and passing out postcards or business cards, you know. Each one of those person that you put a put a card in their hand gets a certain look at, you know, at, at who you are based on the conversation back in the day. Now, it's like whoever, you know, is coming across your stuff on Instagram is is like grabbing one of those cards in the bar. You know, and yeah. so you gotta you gotta sell them somehow from your Instagram to give you a call or get more interested in your work or um, whatever the case may be. It's like it's almost like lead you know lead generation if you're thinking about it from a business standpoint, which um, I think a lot of tattooers miss the mark on that. You know, they don't realize oh, how man. how important it really is. Yeah, my boss he says it all the time. You add you add ten people one day it's like going out and passing 10 business cards right you know yeah maybe eight of them are going to look at it and toss it two of them are going to like wow i'm going to check them out mm-hmm. you know same thing same concept yeah and i, I, and I look at them it's like he's exactly right you know yeah you just got a couple of people um 
hey, want a tattoo or something? No response, nothing, but you keep on trying. Don't let sure. it, you know? Don't let it put you down or nothing. Hey, so you're definitely, you're hustling on there, for sure. Oh, we tried, man, we tried. Yeah. Because there's so many shops out here, you know, just from us alone in the next, like, a mile apart, there's like three or four shops. Right. And there's tons of people that come in, and they'll say it, you know, oh, I'm shopping around. How much do you charge for this? Uh-huh. And then just those words alone, like, they expect us to be like, well, I'll do it for cheaper, you know? Right. And it's, it's... It's almost in a sense like we're, our, our work is, there's no value in it no more. You know? Well, I think you got to create value now with your conversation. Like when you yeah. get them in there um, or when you engage them in social media, like you got to have your social media game on, on point, you know. And, and I'm talking about not just what it comes across and looks like, but how you're interacting with people. Because nowadays, that is where you're going to interact with a lot of your people. Like yeah. you said it, you don't get the walk-ins, so those looks are coming off of Instagram, and you got to be able to do the same thing you would do if you had that person in front of you in the shop. Now more quickly, somehow on Instagram, you got to find out how much they got to spend, if they're really looking to spend on a tattoo, if they're you know just shopping around, like you know, like you talk about, or, um, all those things, you got to kind of, it's a new landscape of like, okay, I got to figure this out now on the internet, but it's the same concepts, you know, breaks it back down. Like it's the same, you know, you got to connect with those people ultimately to get them in. And that's, what's going to make them want to get, you know, tattooed by you and continue to get tattooed by you. Even if it's like the work that gets them there in the seat first time, you better, yeah. you better put, you know, make it, make it a fun experience for them too. Cause oh, yeah. there's 10, you know, a hundred guys that can do the work, but if you, if you create a unique experience or a fun experience for them man, you'll get repeat customers, you know, all day, all day long. So yeah. that, that face to face kind of, um, the way to get them to face to face, I think is, you know, changed like immensely, but once they're there, man, you got to treat them the same way as we've always had to treat, you know, our customers if we want them to come back, for sure. Yeah. We, we, I tell I tell my buddy all the time, he, you know, he's kind of new to it, and we tell him, all, I've been at shops where, where the guy, you know, he's an amazing tattooer, but people want an experience. They want to hear the stories we have. They want, you know, they think we're something else, you know. Mm-hmm. We're I'm a normal dude. I'm not, you know, nothing cool. But they have this sense that we have, we live this crazy life, you know. And there's guys, they'll eat amazing work. And they'll, they'll sit there just not say a word, you know. Mm-hmm. And the customer's like, hey, I'm, you know, trying to start a conversation and, you know, something, nothing. <laughs> we gotta like got give them that experience, you know, that sure. tattoo shop feel, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, these guys are cool. These guys have some cool stories. That ex- great tattoo, but that experience also makes them come back, you know. Right. Just- and I, I definitely agree, man. And I definitely think, like, that's why we're not necessarily competing with that guy down the street. Because he's going to have a yeah. whole different experience. And there's going to be some people that, you know, that experience that that dude's putting off resonate that resonates with them and that experience that you're putting off they're going to keep coming back to it so um you know i think that one thing that 
that all this like kind of explosion in tattooing has done is it, it's made people more aware of what's out there and I think it's kind of forced tattooers to jump right in the mix right in the fire and kind of step their games up and oh. to, to stick around you know yeah there's tons of guys that are super good mm-hmm. super good out there not even known nothing you know and like they've been around a couple of years and they're real real good you know mm-hmm. and I feel like sometimes some of these guys get discouraged and what I've been doing this for this many years and this guy and I feel like dude you don't, you don't gotta look at them you know like that you you gotta work hard you right. gotta you know get that little extra you know draw a little bit more you know do some like go out of your way to have more to show more to you know to be that little different from the next guy you know and that's how you'll stand out, you know? Yeah. That's how I feel like you attract people. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, talking about that, putting a little extra into your work or influence, you know, getting getting a little influence on your work from other places. Let's go back to that hot rod shit that you're into, man. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me where you first started seeing hot rod stuff. Who are, you know, Robert Williams, Ed Roth, who are your influences from those kind of, uh, from the from the people that were doing art in that kind of uh, culture? Um, right away, Ed Roth is, is number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was maybe 13 and hanging around a bunch of older dudes. Like my buddy, he was from like this greaser club, you know? All his older brothers and, and all those guys and we would go to car shows and stuff. And Ed Roth would always stand out a lot. You know, Gene Winfield, mm-hmm. all these guys, you know, all these hot rod builders. And and they always had like crazy cars, crazy paint jobs, crazy. You know, they stood out alone from everybody else because they would do stuff that you know people were like that's impossible. You know, like, right? I put those lights on there. You know, you remember and, seeing stuff like that walking around the the those car shows down there? Oh yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, Gene Winfield would always be at the Long Beach one, this Long Beach uh, uh, Swami, you know, and, and I feel like, man, that guy's, you know, super cool, and he was just, you know, like, he was more, he's more famous now, you know, but back then, he, I, I guess, a lot of people didn't even know who he was, but I was looking at him like, I'm so nervous to go talk to him or something, uh-huh. you know, and, and that alone, that art aspect, Ed, Ed, a rat pig was on some, something, you know, always. And then I bought one of his books, and then the show, what was super cool to me was uh, he would paint these uh, car club sweaters, you know? If you had a car club, he'll, you had a sweater, he'll airbrush these characters, and let's say your nickname was Pancho or something, he'll draw this little Mexican dude, like, quick, you know, on the spot, he airbrushed this dude that looks like you. So everybody had a different you know, character of themselves on their sweater. And I, to me, I thought that shit was amazing, you know? Like, how do you come up with that so quick, you know? And those characters alone were super amazing. There was tons of them. You two tons of them. Do you remember watching and, him do that? Like, being right there while he was doing it? Oh, no, i never seen that. Never saw him do it? Just heard never the stories? It. I have tons of books of him, you know? Of him, you know, the car clothes and... But I never seen him do it. 
I was always hoping that I, I was actually gonna buy a, an old sweater on eBay. It was all beat up, a white one. And I wanted it so bad, it ended up being like three hundred bucks. I didn't have that money at the time, you know. You think it was? You think it was authentic? To be honest, I really didn't care at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted it so bad. Yeah. If it wasn't, it still looked super cool to me. Yeah. But, but ah, I still regret not getting that. You know, I would have bought money from someone at the time. Right. Man, I, dude, I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same boat of of having uh I was telling you when we were at the convention I had that opportunity and I saw Ed Roth at the um Ratfrink reunion. This had to been okay, so 99 maybe. I think 99 the Ratfrink reunion came back up to Northern California. It hadn't been up here in a few years, and it was coming back up. First year, it was back up. So I suppose somebody could Google that and find out what year that is. I think yeah. 99. And um, me and my uh, homie, Max Kilborn, who uh, I just reconnected with again at this convention. Another reason to go to these conventions is you oh, bump nice. into old friends, you know. Um, we took yeah. my, my young daughter, who just turned 19. She was a couple of years old at the time, three maybe. And um, uh, went to this Raffrank reunion, man. Uh, and it was cool. Saw Ed Roth, like, pinstripe this deck lid. And I'm thinking to myself now, hindsight being 2020, I had that 50 uh, Chevy that I still got. I should have taken off at least, like, the little um, uh, glove box lid and brought that up there and seen yeah. if I could have got him to stripe it or something. I mean, that guy would have oh. taken the money out of my pocket, right? How cool would that have been? Is that the one that where they were painting like a bunch of trash cans? Probably. Like yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember that specifically. I know I've seen pictures like in a couple of my uh, Rat Fink books or Roth books um, that yeah. has like pictures of some dope trash cans that they were, you know, the oh my God. Yeah, really one cool of the stuff. Has those trash cans and. I mean, they're trash cans, right? And But they're the most coolest trash cans on the planet. Yeah. I couldn't believe those things, man. Those things are fucking awesome. Yeah, I still have, like, these... Um, I don't know if uh, uh, I can ever get them made into, like, DVDs or digital, put into digital, but I have these VHS tapes of Bob Bond's pinstriping, how-to pinstripe with Bob Bond, I think his name was. Yeah. And uh, super cool videos, man. And... Uh, when I used to pinstripe, I like I wanted to learn to pinstripe. And back in the day, you couldn't just go jump on YouTube. Yeah. I had to find like these videos, man. And <laughs> I ordered the set, yeah. and it was dope. I learned about reducers and what I should use and who I could order from. And um, interesting the way that you know, if you want to learn something these days, man, how easy it is to just jump on <laughs> and learn something with high level, like and get a high skill level pretty quickly because of how easy oh, the information yeah. is accept, you know accessed it, it's funny how you said that how now you could just go on Amazon and you can order a bunch of pinstriping brushes uh -huh. you know and like I started pinstriping back in the day just because of Ed Roth you know yeah. and I remember it was so hard for me just to grab one freaking pinstriping brush right it took forever and I ended up ordering it by a guy. He would paint cars out of his garage, you know, down the street. 
And he, he's just the coolest dude ever because he's a little old man with the buffest arms because he would sand all these cars down by hand, you know? And I don't know why I ended up asking him, you know, and I was like, you know what, he might have one if I got. And he's like, no, I don't have any, but I could order you one. And I was like, what, really? And he's like, yeah. And, he, and he's like, 30 bucks. Oh, man. And I, but, you know, at the time, I was like, I ain't finding these things nowhere. I would go to art stores, and they're like, what? You know, pinstriping bus. And I'm like, yeah, like, about this long. And they're like, no, you know, get out of here. Like, look at me, like, these things didn't even exist, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then to figure out the paint, too. I didn't know what paint to use, you know? Yeah. I was using model car paint <laughs> for a long time. Dried and, so damn quick. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. To, like, and, and, oh, and on top of that, my buddy, um, like I said, all these older guys, they, they were all hot, you know, uh, uh, car guys. And, and he was like, oh, you know, you need, you need one shot. Yep. And I'm like, what is that, you know? One shot, that's the paint everybody uses. Where do I find that? <laughs> that alone, you know, was super hard to get. And uh, I went back to that old dude. You know, the old dude that's standing down cars. And super buff? Like, yeah, super big arms, dude. Little skinny old man. Super big arms. And uh, I told him, do you have one shot? And he's like, no, you know, but I can order that too. And I was like, fuck. And I think he ended up telling me like 60 bucks for like three, like black. White and I think it was red. And probably the small, <laughs> tiny little bo- jars too, yeah, right? These, these little yeah, these little guys. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let me collect my money. And then my my my, my older homeboy, his name was Chucky. <laughs> um, he ends up giving me tons of old ones. He's like, hey, my homeboy was uh, cleaning out his garage, and I grabbed these, you know, and I thought of you. And, and I was like, what? Perfect. But then he's like, but you got to pinstripe all my stuff. You got to, you know? And I was like, oh, totally worth it, though. You know, practice. Yep. And, uh, what'd, man, you first, was, what'd you first pinstripe? It was his, uh, his daughter's little push car. It was like a, it was like an old, like, like uh, you know, the little pedal cars? Uh-huh. Old little, but he put like a little handle on the back so he could put, and he's like, pinstripe that thing. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing, you know? Super crooked lines, all fucking <laughs> ugly as hell. I don't know if he still has that thing, but it was disgusting. <laughs> and everybody, all of my boys wanted to, like, oh, pinstripe my back of my car, you know, all that. And I was super stoked about it that I was doing it, but it was just terrible, terrible stuff. <laughs> I, got, I got better, but not, not to where I wanted to be, you know? Yeah, do you I still, kind of, do you still uh, play around with it? Yeah, yeah, I still play, I still got tons of stuff here. This is like, I think the second brush oh, I bought. Oh, man. I ended up finding it not that long ago, I was cleaning my room. Yeah, man. But I, I, I was doing it all over again, you know? Yeah, man, it was, it was crazy because I went through that same thing, trying to find brushes and um, ended up, Finding, I, I found some stuff at like a, a local paint, auto auto paint store yeah. where you could get like house color paint in one shop. But at first they wouldn't even sell to you unless you were some sort of paint, you know, distributor or something. And they wanted yeah. proof that you were a painter and 
you know, I'm pro I'm sure I fudged that with the tattoo thing and said, oh yeah, I'm painting cars too, and uh, got some one shot. And um, I think there was maybe in a catalog that they gave me some uh, Mackie brushes, and I found out how to order those. And then ended up going to this like sign painters convention. No, not even sign painters. It was like sign advertising convention down in. I think it was near Long Beach, man, or Anaheim, or somewhere down in SoCal, and um, yeah. found it took a seminar on airbrushing and found some other like pamphlets on um, some pinstriping brushes and where to get them, and was talking to a couple people. So that kind of unlocked it for me, and then I was able to get more stuff and try out different things, like a little bit longer handle brushes, the shorter yeah. kind of filigree, you know filigree brushes and all sorts of stuff but i had a good time i still i haven't pinstriped in years but it it is something that i'm sure i'll pull out again at some point and and uh yeah you know, dig out the mineral spirits and and see and get some <laughs> get some shit cracking <laughs> that's awesome dude i, I see that, that I, I love that i feel like that's a a different aspect of art that you will always still go back to the tattooing you know yeah, you 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 put it in tattooing. Yeah, the, the little differences like uh, my boss, um, Edward Cervantes. This 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 guy is like the coolest fucking to me, you know, the coolest fucking dude on the planet. Because he he knows everything about anything and like art wise, mm -hmm. like not saying he knows everything, but but fuck, and that guy, he 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 grew up uh, in graffiti, mm -hmm. you know. And and his whole different style of how, what tattooing is and what what art is and what I don't know what three D stuff was you know like he used to do all this three D lettering and like big block letters and I thought that I was like man that's super fucking it took forever for him to learn you know and I'm taking from him like all this cool freaking art you know what he knows and I feel like damn. I never would have been around to do that stuff. I never would have been interested or or, or or even looked at that side of art, you know? And he did. He took the time out to figure all that stuff out. And then he's passing it over to me, you know? And Man, I, I, that's, that's what's up. I, I think that's I? what's up when you have, uh, you know, with the people that you work at, everybody's got different experiences. And so everybody's yeah. got different skill sets and you can learn from each other. So just because, you know, man, you might not be, you might see somebody working in a different medium or with a di different uh, perspective, and then that can in heavily influence your work. Oh, definitely, definitely. The way, the way he would do things, I have a lot of his art up here mm -hmm. that, that he, he wouldn't want even me to show people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like... When, the first time I would see it, it was like, what is this? All tons of color, old, like, old school, traditional uh -huh. uh, uh, face, but very, like, almost neo now, you know? Uh -huh. It was just so much in one little piece of paper that, that it, like, it blew me away. And I see it now, we, we kind of totally moved away from it, you know? Mm -hmm. But just from what you start from to what you learn... And to what you want to be, you know. I like coming. I like coming back to that old stuff sometimes. 
Like, oh. you know, you, you, you go back to something. If it still catches my eye, I'll look back at old Flash. I even have some shit sitting behind me on the floor right here that yeah. I, I still like i'd almost like to take a redraw do some redraws of some of it you know some of it's completed some of it's not completed you know yes. it's but it's nice to look back on those uh those old drawings and you find little ones that spark something in you that you want to bring back like oh that kind of element i remember uh tattooing like for a period of time and using that quite a bit you know i look at my wife's sleeve and i can uh, I can tell like little things that I did during that time when I was tattooing that I'm sure I put on other people too during that, you know, that two, three, four year period that I was heavily working on that um, sleeve and I still dig it, man. I still go back to some of those little elements and say, wow, I got to put the, I got to use that stuff more because it looks so good, yeah. you know, but um, who, who's, who's really uh, like, Heavy influences on early, early flash artists who, who tattooers that uh, you would say you looked at early on and really, like when you came across them, you you said, "Oh man, another level shit." Let's I gotta I gotta look deeper at this guy's stuff. Hmm, that's hard to say. You know what? When I started around, I think I was looking at well, I was impressed a lot by uh, Mario Tessa's stuff. Mm, yeah, Mario Pesa, um He drew a lot of like real funky stuff, but real traditional. Still doing it, you know. Still killing it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like you still see his stuff. I still am scrolling through my feed, and I will see a piece come through, and I don't even have to look at the name. I know that's Mario Dessa's stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's really re, and that's hard to do. I think these days is to yeah. make um, a style. You know, kind of get, have your style come through in that much of a way that in this instant, you know, content consumption society that we're in, it'll make you stop and go, oh, yeah, that's that guy, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I could identify a lot of people's work. Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the major, major ones that when I saw, like, this is a big, is a, the, most of the reason why I draw girl heads. It's because of Chris Khan. Oh man, that's why half a tattooers draw girl heads. Right? You know, past front that that came up, you know, mid nineties later, because Chris Khan took them and took them to a whole nother level. And you look at that guy's stuff, and it's just amazing. And you see influence his influence in so many people's stuff out there. Um, and it's like, I mean, it's the same. I would consider it the same as. You know, like an influence that Philip Blue had on on yeah. skulls or even dragons. You know what I mean? You see guys that are doing incredible work, and you know it's like from that direct, almost lineage of 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 art. You know that that is from those guys that just crushed it. Oh, uh, speaking of Philip Blue, like so, I'm naming all these guys. These old, like you know, old traditional dudes. And so my, my boss, Edward, he's on a totally different level of what, you know... What's out there? We're kind of separate what's out there. And then he bought the, the, the Lou Family Dynasty book. Mm. And that, oh my God, that book just blew me away, you know? Like, this guy does this stuff, like, normally, you know? Mm. I would never, at that time, like, maybe like five years ago already, 
I never thought I would be like in that level, you know, of Philip Lou. Like I, I couldn't wrap my head around how he did all these back pieces, and, like, right? Skulls, you know. And it's still like I'll look through that book and it's like fucking dude, man, it's just still amazing. It's, it's, all the his old stuff is still super amazing to me now, you know. Yeah. It's, that guy's. And this is like I said, my Edward, he would always tell me like. You gotta be open to everything, every single thing. You gotta appreciate every single aspect of art, you know. Because there's guys out there that'll say like, eh, the black and gray guys will be like traditional, it's easy. Or the traditional guys like, you know, the black and gray stuff is. But if you just appreciate all of it, right? I lo- I just love seeing every aspect of how you could add whatever these little things like you said, you know. Mm-hmm. Little aspect of something and put it into you, it, you can just always just make yourself better, you know? Right, and, and, it, and it allows you more options on how to create a unique style of your own and, and have more of uh, your personality come through, I think, in pieces if you're more well-versed on what's going on out there. I mean, not that, that you... that uh, Yeah, man, I just think it's smart to to be well-rounded and, and to yeah. not just look at tattoo artwork, but to look at other artwork and to find um, influence in other other ways. I mean, you look at to, you know, the cup that you get at the store and it's got some crazy cool little pattern that might look good in a, in a you know, a gypsy girl's headband, you know what I mean? Or a yeah. simplified version of that. And so you can find inspiration everywhere. Um, if you if you keep your eyes open, like you said, little things like that get me get me super. I'll I'll walk around normal day. <laughs> I'll see a cool little design. What I really love, really love back in the day was uh, Looney Tune cartoons. Oh man, these Looney Tune cartoons. I would see them now, and it's like, man, they're so fucking cool. And the older ones are even cooler. Right. And. They would have these old, like, this, I have this uh, videotape of the Tappy Duck one. And there's all this super, like, uh, old school, like, World War Two propaganda stuff in it. And that art is even, like, way Another cooler, level, you know? like, another layer of artwork, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm super into that cartoon stuff. Like, that's one of the things I loved about those, you know, table tabletops that you guys had at the convention, too. It was, like, littered with those old kind of cartoon character... Um, tattooy looking cartoon characters, right? Like the classic yeah. ones, like the crow face and the bulldog, and all these different, like, cool. Um, and, and then, really, the ones, the Warner Brothers ones, you know, the Bugs Bunnies, yeah. the the Elmer Fuds, the, the, you know, all those different ones. It's so cool. I mean, that's been stuff we've been tattooing. I've been tattooing for 20 years. Since I started, Little Hot Stuff has been around for, you know, how long? And that's off of okay. advertising stuff. So that stuff has always been being drawn on, you know, the advertising, the, the, the media has always been being drawn on by these artists and, um, you create something that's, uh, that looks, I mean, it always looks classic, man, you know, like yeah. that little Pink Panther one, I've been super into the Pink Panther lately and, um, <laughs> I love the little drawing I texted you before we jumped on here, the Pink Panther with the, um, you know, the cigarette, I love that yeah. and then the smoke puffing off into you know i i bit that hard off your instagram with the figaro <laughs> street and the crow yeah. um 
with the cigar and you got the Figueroa Street coming in the puffs of cloud. Yeah. Man, that shit is dope. So I had to put the JS in there with for the <laughs> initials on the little pink uh, panther. Yeah. But I love using that stuff, man. It, it looks yeah. looks super dope. I I love all that stuff. That that crow is pretty much a. I ripped it off from a, <laughs> a, the Dumbo. I was watching Dumbo not that yeah. long ago. And then I also the, those clowns from Dumbo. I got I drew a bunch of clown heads from you know from there. I was like, man, all these images are super. Hold on, pause it real quick. You know, I I, I love those, that stuff. That stuff's yeah. super fucking cool to me. Oh, it's the same as it's the same as the uh, the Cupid dolls and all that. Oh yeah, man! I got tons of freaking Cupid's that that I drew. I got where those things are. Uh, this one specifically. <laughs> this one, my dad gave to my mom on their first date. Oh what? Yeah, yeah he sold up for this is all. If you if this was video, you'd see a cute, the cutest little Cupid doll. It's probably like what six inches tall, um, yeah. blue eyes, got a little uh, yarn hat, dress, hat knitted, hand dress. knitted dress, and some little little uh, st- shoes or something. Man, that's yeah. super cool. He gave that to her on her on their first date. On their first date, and I Clea. It's funny, my always had it, and. Uh, and I told my mom, I, hey, I want that thing. I want that thing. super freaking cool. I want it. And uh, she's like, no, no, you know. She told me a story. I'm like, that that story alone makes me want it even more. I need that thing, you know. And she's like, well, later I'll give it to you, you know. And I went to my mom's house the other day, and I, I found my little niece playing with it. My little one-year-old niece is like, Banging that thing on the floor, right? You know? Chewing on it, and... and I'm like, ah, hey, that's mine, <laughs> you know. And my mom's like, no, I gave it over. So I pretty much had to like fight my sister over it, <laughs> you know. And I, I ended up taking it. The thing's like super freaking cool. Yeah. And I found out like that's like a tattoo, you know, thing since forever. I I started drawing them up like crazy. Yeah. Like, that well, thing's amazing. Yeah, I love all that stuff, man. Yeah, you see those a lot, the old Cupies and, I mean, Cupie mermaids, Cupie, like, devils, Cupie everything, man. And, and um, the it's, it's just another part of that cartoon, like, kind of influence into tattooing, you know, from Betty Boop yeah. to, the, to the Cupies, you know, back to the Warner Brothers stuff and... and it's just a whole nother level of, the st- of street shop tattooing, I think. Like, yeah. of being able to draw from an outside source, advertising or, or marketing or, or entertainment, and, you know, taking that influence and putting it into your work um, and, and creating some custom pieces using those images, you know, um, that are they're already proven to be strong images. Yeah, like... Those damn images are freaking amazing. Anywhere I could find an old classic cartoon, either I see it like on a street in downtown, some guy painted an old Mickey Mouse looking super weird, but it just somehow looks super cool. (laughs) I'll map a picture of it. A bunch of old, we have tons of VHS stuff that my dad has. And 
he'll go through a couple of them, and he has all these old, you know, cartoons. They're super cool. You know, I feel like they're waiting to be tattooed. And, and everybody's had these ideas before, you know? Right. It's just your version of it. Sure. That's what I like also is that you have your own... Like, the QB, everybody has their own version of it, you know? It's still a QB, but it, you could tell that everybody's drawing it their way, you know? Right. Yep. No, that's it, man. And I, I think that's... Like I said, like we said before, we were talking about being influenced from other places. The more influence, the more places you can get influence from, and I think really um, kind of file those things away in, in a productive productive way. The better you you know it's going to come out um, ultimately in your art, and the more um, identifiable I think it'll make your artwork. You know, whether that's tattooing or painting or whatever. So I fully agree. Definitely. And we were talking about, you know, man, this this uh, weekend, we were talk. I talked to a handful of dudes about digital and digital tools, <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things, man. I think I learned a whole lot about it even just this weekend. And I have been working yeah. with the Cintiq, Wack, uh, Cintiq um, companion, the uh, the portable one, and it's great, man. But man, I can't wait to get my hands on this iPad Pro. You know, and I really, I really thought about it. Like, um, I'm sold now on this iPad Pro because of the accessibility of it, and um, for what I need it for. You know what I mean? Like, I for the type of tattoos that I want to do, and I want to replicate that tracing paper, color pencil, um, or or you know, um, to regular pencil to marker kind of process i want to replicate that i think the easiest and most accessible way to replicate that is going to ultimately be for me in an ipad pro because i don't need to jump around a couple different programs and have the capabilities i don't think of of the cintiq because that thing is badass but you know um but i think just talking about it from the standpoint like what we were saying at the convention that you can use it as a tool like you can yeah. 100% use it as a tool within some part of your business plan as a tattooer, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to, it has to fully take over your, in your design work or whatever. Like it can be any part of it, but I think it's something that you can use to be more efficient and more effective. Um, and the sooner people start implementing it, I think the better it is because it's coming and it's coming fast. And more and more guys, you saw it at the convention, man. More and more guys are are on those things, and they're using them, and they love it, and it's it's making things a lot easier. Um, whether that's to showcase your portfolio or to create your designs, um, it's interesting, man. You know, what do you think? What do you think about it? Like street shop guy, um, do you think that you'll start? Uh, Touching digital pen to iPad or, or to Cintiq or what do you what do you think? I'm to be honest, I'm not in a big rush to do it, but I'm not going to deny it either. You know, like I said, uh, I there's stuff where I said before, you know, and I bit my tongue that that doesn't make any sense, that won't work, and then I like a month later, I'm using it like this thing's amazing. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and and especially with that. Um, one of my one of my buddies, homeboy had it, 
and he and he's like an artist. He's a tattoo, but he had it, and he's like, yeah, I can draw red pencil just like you guys, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, well, let me see that thing. And the sensitivity on the damn thing is yeah. super fucking crazy. Yeah. And I I was really impressed by it. You know, I was like, mm, not that bad. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool, man. And I think like you're right. The the sense how how detailed you can get the sensitivity yeah. of the pen. Um, one of the things that I didn't like, that I don't like about digital is the feel of it. Because, you know, when we talked about, you know, a handful of conversations already about how you can't beat that feel of painting on arches or drawing drawing on um, paper or drawing, you know, pencil to tracing paper. That There's just a magical feeling about it. And so I feel like I, I would need to dive further into different tips and different um, things that are available to me with the with the uh, Cintiq because um, I think you can replicate that a little more but the drawing surface is a lot is, is a jump for me you know I don't like it as well 100% I don't I'm not I don't enjoy it as much as drawing on you know regular pencil to, to tracing paper and you know then marker to tracing paper for line drawing but um, I think using a different tip because I talked to Richie Montez from uh artistic element and he's a digital head yeah. like that dude is all about it and so he knows and either, even my friend matt he was saying the same thing like the felt tips give it a little bit different sensitivity and it, it feels a little bit more analog but i think a combination man i think you know I, I love to draw things straight on board and then paint them right up from there with no digital you know influence at all and, I, and then there's sometimes where I want to paint it, you know, draw it digitally and, you know, print it out, transfer it on the board, then do it, you know? And so it's, yeah. I guess it's really what the project calls for. Yeah, totally. And I feel like everybody's different, you know? Everybody's totally different. Some people might be completely comfortable with it, you know? Mm -hmm. But and then another thing we were talking about earlier, I, I'm not that good with technology, <laughs> me personally. Like... Like today, how hard it was just to get on Skype. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> you were worse. You you might have been the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was, but I, one of the biggest things we're talking about this is there's tons of sketches, and I started since I started tattooing. I've been doing this. I would draw a bunch of stuff, sketch it out. If I didn't like it, or or if I tattooed it already. I'll save it. Mm -hmm. I have tons of old drawings I have in this box of like these half done sketches, done sketches, and then you like you go you open that box up. You're looking at these things like, damn, I saved this, you know. Mm -hmm. You might lose that iPad. You might, you know, but these pieces of papers are here, reminding you every day. Yeah. This is how bad you were back then, or how good of an idea you had back then, but you couldn't achieve it because your skills wasn't up, up to par yet, you know? A couple of years down the line, you redo that drawing, it's, you know, the most amazing drawing to you now, you know? For me, I feel like I've, this whole corkboard is full of drawings, half this room is full of old drawings, and I could just run through them, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like that might not be for me, you know? But like I said, I'm not going to deny that iPad. I'm not because it might make me way better 
It might make me better faster. It might, you know, it somehow will improve, uh, improve us as artists, you know? So yeah, I think I, I definitely I like that attitude. I think that attitude is something that's going to, that keeps you keeps you progressing you know what i mean it's uh and and yeah you may not find that it enhances your work flow very much at all maybe you do you know what i mean maybe in two years it does even more than you then because you're in a different place maybe doing something different or you've been able to find a little spot within your process within your business that it fits and it and it works but um you know, like I said, bottom line, man, it all comes back down to face-to-face. And once they're face-to-face, hey, you know, you might need to throw all that digital... It's, we were joking about it at the convention. You might need to throw all that digital shit away and just draw it on them, you know? Yeah. And, and and I love, like, Roz K. Jones was on the podcast a couple shows ago. And, um, you know, he, we were talking about putting ourselves in that situation where it, you have the knowledge base already with images like what we were talking about the visual vocabulary and now you put yourself in that situation where the client is telling you here this is what i want and you might be hearing it for the first time and now you got to jump in and get it drawn maybe drawn on them but handle it right there in the moment and i think more and more artists man they're testing themselves and they're they love that that organic art that's going to flow from from the moment you know yeah yeah see i like that too is that um some people come in and they are pretty much done with their sleeve and they have maybe like a five inch gap somewhere Uh weird shape (laughs) i love those those let me draw something on there yeah man whatever looks cool do what you put on it Oh my God! Those are the moments. I was like, "Perfect, man! Whatever a reaper, you can fit a reaper a million different ways in that little spot." You know, uh, you could throw on, throw on some roses. Anything, dude. You have the opportunity to make that shape yours. You know, and you fit that piece of the puzzle perfect. Yeah. Those are those are the times where I feel like this is this is my. You know, man. I, that, and that's when those. Years and hours and late nights of painting and painting and drawing and reps after reps after reps of looking at those images and looking at those shapes and, um, you know, filing them away. And all of a sudden, now you're stepped back in 2016 looking at this shape on this guy's arm. And it's going to strike with something, you know, it's going to hit some something. And you're going to be like, oh, damn, I remember that snake that I saw in that one book three years ago. And it kind of looked like, did it look like that? Now I'm going to draw it, draw it right on there. And you're going to go back and look at that snake and you're like, damn, it did look kind of like that. And I don't, I don't even know how that thing, I haven't thought about that thing in two years. And it just popped into my head, you know. It's from those reps, man. You got to get out there and do it, you know. Hard work yeah. and hard work and sacrifice. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. And that that's the time where years back where someone says draw it on or my boss would say draw it on. Mm-hmm. And I would be so like, uh, I don't know, I think you should come back and let me draw something, you know? <laughs> and I see it now with some of the younger guys that are like, Oh, I can't figure it out or 
mm-hmm. you know, let's switch the appointment till, until I figure something out, you know? And I would be like, ah, oh, cool, perfect, sit down, let me draw something, you know? Just and like that. And, and I'm, I'm all for, if I applaud those folks for setting the appointment to a later date, if you feel like you're yeah. not going to be able to accomplish the right thing, then man, good good for you. Set it okay. set it aside and you know do it another time and go back to the drawing board and maybe yeah maybe you got to get back to the sketching and you sketch a half a dozen little things and you come back and because of the area it still requires you to draw it on but now you've kind of worked through some of those problems like I've had that happen where I'm drawing something on. And it's just not coming out right, but I'm like learning the problems of the area, you know, so I can so I can yeah. work through those later, maybe on paper, um, and then come back to it and either stencil it on or you're gonna redraw it on. But you just have worked through those issues, and it, it's an easier time. So I'm all for it, man. If you have to, like set that aside and and tell them to come back, you know. Yeah. Grab yourself, grab yourself yeah. that, that tracing paper and start drawing and see what comes up. That's how you got to do it. If you can't do it, that's how most guys start off. You can't do it. Put it aside. Yeah. Wait, wait, you know, a couple of days. Draw 10 of this image that you want to do. And then if you draw 10 of them, the last one is going to be the best one, you yeah, know? maybe. Instead of just drawing the first oh, right. Maybe the first, <laughs> the first one, one will. Gonna... You never know, man. You might just... You might have nailed it, and you might say, okay, well, I did, you know, um, I do like that first one, and, and I really had it right, and it just was a matter of tweaking this one little thing, so, um, but you're right, man, you know, you got you got to look into the options. Yeah, you refine that image until you want it the way, exactly the way you want it, yeah. but there's some of those guys that have been around for so long, this, 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 is, a good, uh, this, this is from Boston. Oh, my, my boss, Edward, he's like, I want to get a tattoo. I want to, like, we're here. I want to get tattooed. And then one of the coolest guys, uh, this older dude, this, one of the coolest dudes I ever fucking met, John Biswell from Made Right Tattoo in, in Boston. I'm like, Maine. I'm like, Maine. He's, he's like, sit down. He's like, what do you want? And he's like, whatever, you know, do, do what you do best. He's like, you want a honey mask? I'm going to give you a honey mask. And, I, and I'm sitting there like, what's going on? You know, where's this honey mask guy he's talking about? Pulls out some markers, zoom, 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 zoom. The coolest freaking honey mask he just drew out, like, yep. on the spot. Not not one doubt in his mind was was, was going down, you know? <laughs> right. The most beautiful freaking thing. I st- We still, you know, we're, we don't have nothing to do. We're staring at his tattoo of how good it is. Yeah. You know? Tattoos, that thing... Confident, talking, telling stories. I'm walking back and forth from our booth, and I'm just looking at this thing. This thing's fucking amazing, man. You know, like he is so confident. He is—he's drawn probably a thousand animas, more than that, you know. And then he refined this one on his arm so good. It—it it, it blows my mind, you know, how uh-huh. these old guys are still. They pull these, these these images off like like it's nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think, man, and, it's because they've been doing it for so long. You know what I mean? Like they've yeah. done they've done it. They got life experience behind that image. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They got those reps and and that not just that they've done a ton of them, but they got 
um, life, you know, they've done life, they, they, they've put, they, uh, they're putting more of themselves in there because they've experienced more, and um, yeah, anybody can replicate those images, but you got to live a little bit to, to get the feeling in there. Yes, yes, and this is, this is a thing where I, I tell the younger guys of like, like me, pay attention, dude, just, just shut up and pay attention. You know, that's why I appreciate guys, you showing me, you know, all the stuff and, and your shop was so, there's, you guys are so giving us such, such a good positive vibe that I felt like, I love hearing this. You guys have the experience. You guys have, you guys done it already, you know? And, and yeah, but I mean, you could say that, but I'm, I'm getting inspired from you. You know what I mean? Just the same thing, vice versa. Like you're coming up from LA and I'm seeing something new. And I'm getting, just like you're getting inspired from me and Hard Luck Tattoo and Lodi, I'm getting inspired from Fig Street Tattoo and you guys and what you're doing. So I think it's, I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's what's cool. That's what's cool about going to conventions and, and being around, going to guest spots or going out and just stopping into a shop because you might meet somebody that you kick, you know, click with and what they're doing is going to like, send you into a whole nother level of like, oh, I could do this with what I got going on, you know? And yeah. it's exciting, man. And so, man, I appreciate you, you know, ha having conversation with me there and jumping on this call with me now, man. Where can people find out more about your work? Shoot out them in that Instagram and, and um, where's the shop at, phone numbers, whatever you want, man. Put it out there. Let people know. Uh, Tattoo Cave, Instagram Tattoo Cave. No underscore, no nothing. It's Tattoo Cave, Figaro Street Tattoo. We're in Los Angeles, Northeast Los Angeles. Uh, Instagram, Fig Street Tattoo. And we also have a website, I think. I'm not sure on the website. <laughs> Just Figaro. Instagram. Just keep it, keep yeah. it to that, right? <laughs> keep it simple or call the shop. Call the shop. I don't have the number on top of my head because... I never call the damn shop. <laughs> yelp it. Yep, yelp it. Google it. It's it, man. It's uh, that too. That's awesome, man. Jaime, thank you so much. Jaime Perales, thank you. Fig Street Tattoo. Go check him out. Um, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the inspiration. No, I appreciate you. Thank you. I, I love I love these talks, man. <laughs> thank you. They're awesome. I appreciate it. So thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at OG Joe Swanson. Again, thanks for listening. I appreciate all the love. Keep hustling and enjoy your right now. <laughs>